in here with you all. So just a quick reminder, if I ask a question, you're supposed to answer, right? <laughs> if you don't answer, I'll ask again, and it'll all just, we'll be here till after lunch. So hopefully it doesn't go that way. This morning's lessons are actually an interesting set of, le of lessons. Um, the gospel lesson actually begins with the conclusion verse from last week, right? Which I think Pastor Lane told you all. Right? It's a story of Jesus in the synagogue reading out of the, God, out of the prophet Isaiah and saying that this has come true in your hearing today. And then the people wanted to drive Jesus out of town and throw him off the cliff. So my first question for you this morning is, who has ever wanted to throw Jesus off a cliff? I see some people shaking their head no. And I told the... the the early crowd, right? If I'm being honest, and as the person who did led you in the confession of forgiveness and absolved all of your sins, I have to say, yeah, there's probably a few times that I've wanted to throw Jesus off the cliff. Because sometimes what he tells us to do, while it's so easy, it's really stinking hard, right? Because what does Jesus tell us we have to do? Yeah, I'm going to get my object lesson here, so in case you were wondering. He tells us we have to love. And who we have to love? Everybody. Well, first we have to love God, and then we have to love our neighbor, technically, is what Jesus says. But who is our neighbor? Everyone. And do we always love everyone? No. No. Okay, good. At least you're all honest, and lightning's not going to strike us this morning, so that's good. Yeah, it's hard to love. It's hard to do the thing that God, Jesus, has called us to do, right? And then, and then we get this chapter from Paul, right, this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Who's heard that before this morning? And where have you heard it? Weddings. And why do we always hear it at weddings? Because it talks about love. And love is so great. And it's just this great feeling that I have inside myself, right? And I ask the, the children up here, is love something we feel or is love something we do? Say that again. It has to be an action for love to begin. It takes an action. Do you want to repeat? Do you, do you want <laughs> there has to be an action before love can be a feeling. Which is interesting. If you look up love in the dictionary, most words when you look them up in the dictionary have a little letter next to them, right? And, and what letter do you think is next to love? Is it a noun? Or is it a verb? Right? Paul, Paul is explaining to, to the Corinthians about an issue that they're having, right? Last week you got the verse from, from chapter 12 about how we're all the body of Christ and that we all have gifts and that we all have a part to play, right? An eye cannot say to the ear because I'm not an ear, I'm not going to be a part of the body. Or the foot can't say because I'm not an eye, I'm not going to be a part of the body, right? We all have a part to play. And those parts that, are, that we think are least important are probably some of the most important parts in our body, right? I, I've actually done Bible studies on 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Romans chapter 4. Four and Ephesians. It's in Ephesians, I think. Um, I'm not remembering right now off the top of my head. But there's three spots in the Bible where it talks about we're the body of Christ and how we're all members together. And about how many parts are in the body. Does anybody know off the top of your head how many parts are in the body? 
I don't remember a bunch. There's a lot of parts in the body, and sometimes we find more that we don't think should be there. And there's parts of our body that are unnecessary, right? You can live without your spleen, and you can live without your tonsils, and you can live without your... Right, they're, they're not unnecessary. That's what, that's what I was going to get to, right? You can live without your tonsils, right? But the tonsils actually do work for the body. They help to keep infection out. Right? So if you have your tonsils, they actually collect all the garbage that goes into your mouth as you're breathing, and they try to filter out all the things that shouldn't be in your body. But you can live without them. But we need the parts, different parts of the body. And in Corinth, they were arguing about what gifts were the best because they all wanted to speak in tongues. They all wanted to, to speak the language of the angels. And Paul knew this. And so Paul gave them actually three chapters on gifts. Right? We get chapter 12, which is the beginning of the, the discord that he has with them. And he tells them about how they need to be working together. And they need to not be looking down on somebody because they don't have the gifts that they think they should have. Because all of us play a part and all of us are a part in this. And then he has this middle section. And then in chapter 14, he, he concentrates on speaking in tongues and interpreting in tongues. Because that's the gift that the Corinthians wanted. And he's trying to tell them that... Everybody's gift is important, right? It's not just about this one gift. It's about everybody being a part. And so one of the commentaries I read this past week talks about, about this section in Paul. It talks about it like an Oreo. You got cookie in chapter 12. You got cookie in chapter 14. And then chapter 13 is the glue that holds it all together, right? It's the gooey, yummy stuff in the middle that holds it all together. And what's that gooey, yummy stuff in the middle that holds it all together? Love. And is love what we think it is? That's the question this morning. Right? I asked you, is love a noun or is love a verb? And I got some people said that the letter behind love in the dictionary is in. And some of you said I, the finish to the sermon. There has to be an action before it can be a feeling. Right? Actually, I think if you look it up, you'll find both a noun and a verb. But here's the, the kicker, right? Paul gives that cookie of the body explanation in chapter 12, and he ends chapter 12 with, but strive for the greater, greater gifts, and I will show you still a more excellent way. If I speak in the tongue of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. He takes those first three verses in, in chapter 13 and says, if I speak in tongues, it doesn't matter if I don't love. If I can have prophetic powers and understand everything that anybody says but I don't love it doesn't matter if I can move mountains and I give away everything that I own and let and let people use me for for what for what they need I have no way to boast because if I don't have love it doesn't mean anything and then we get this part verses four through seven where it sounds like Paul is describing to the Corinthians what love is, right? Love is patient, love is kind, love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It doesn't insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. It's like Paul is saying all of these things are adjectives, right, about what love is. What would, I, what would you say to me if I told you that our English translation of this verse doesn't give it justice at all. You would believe me. It's very easy to believe, actually, because a lot of times things get lost in translation. And sometimes it's not simple or even 
able to make a translation sound the way that it should sound from the Greek into English. Because here's the thing with this three verses in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Every last word that we think is an adjective describing love is actually a verb in the Greek language. Love is patient. Patient is a verb. Kind is a verb. Not envious is a verb. Not boastful is a verb. Not arrogant. Not rude. Not insisting. Not irritable. Not resentful. Does not rejoice. But rejoices. Bears, believes, hopes, endures. Are all verbs in the Greek language. When Paul writes this section in the, of scripture to the Corinthians about what they need to do about gifts when they're arguing about it is saying, get over your fact that you don't have the gift that somebody else does because they have it. Rejoice in the fact that the gift that you do have because God made you a part of the body just as much as he made them a part of the body. And all of us need to play a part. So love as God loved you. Right? And then he goes on to talk about how love is not going to end. Prophecies are going to end. Tongues are going to come to an end. Knowledge is going to cease. For now we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the fulfillment of the kingdom comes, we will know for certain. And we will know fully as we will be fully known. And then it talks about that mirror dimly. Right? I see now in a mirror dimly. What does that mean? Have you ever looked in a mirror and seen not seen your real reflection? If it's got the, if you were just in the shower and there's like the, the, the fog over the window, right? You don't have an exhaust fan, maybe. That's it. Or the silver wears off. Mirrors are made a lot better than they were before, too. And the other thing you got to remember is when Paul's writing this, mirrors were more like windows. Like, I can see my reflection in the window back here, but it's not really a good reflection of who I am. Or it's kind of like the back of a spoon. Have you ever, like, tried to check something in the back of a spoon before? And it's like, you can kind of see yourself, but you really can't see yourself. That's what he's talking about here, right? But when the fulfillment of the kingdom comes, we're going to see everything as, as plainly as it is around us. Because that's what God is going to do. God's going to give us the sight that God has. So that we can see everything around us the way that God created it to be. And we don't act like children, right? Children were put away. I said earlier that children, you, who remembers when children were to be seen and not heard? Right? In Paul's day, children were to not be heard and not be seen. Right? They just keep them away because they're property. And we don't want to even think about being children. We want to think about being adults. We want to think about doing things the way that adults need to do them. And that is not arguing about who has what gifts, but living out what we've been given and doing what needs to be done for the, for the glory of God. Because it's all truly about love. And in my understanding this morning, and for you to understand it this morning, love is a verb, verb and not a noun. It's not something that we feel. It's something that we do. We've been called and equipped. As, as God said to Jeremiah, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb, and I will give you the words to say, so go and do, because that's what I need everyone to do, to go and to do, to go and to love, because that's what we're called to be, and that's what we're called to do. We're called to go into the world, loving people, loving God, and to do something before we can feel something. 
won't write that down. That's going to be in sermons from here forward. You have to do something before you can feel something. You have to be in action. And God's equipped you, whether you think you're equipped or not. You have a gift to go and use. So go and share God's love and show God's light to all the world. Because that's what we're called to do. Love people. Love God.